Welcome to this week's episode of Quarantine Diaries, where apparently Jackie is more enthused than I am. <laughs> Eventually, this is going to be like me like rocking out on Quarantine Diaries for like five minutes <laughs> before the podcast even begins. Let's get there. Let's get there. I'm just being weighted down by the weight of the burger I ate. Mm, so. Where'd you get your burger from? Let's not promote them. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Is it like a popular chain? It's a popular chain on the West Coast. Oh, okay. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> that I've been reading have been contributing to some not so oh, great causes. Great. Which are not in all of our best interests. But I feel like every business is doing that because money is money and they don't care about morals. But Yeah, I guess. We won't get into that because I thoroughly enjoyed the burger. <laughs> damn our stomachs <laughs> who needs rights <laughs> when you've got delicious burgers um if we don't laugh we'd cry uh yes so um yeah that's me how are you i'm good i'm good it's it's been a day actually do you want to know what's been going on with me i do want to know this is like it's like borderline gross but i mean it's not that bad um so i've had like this toenail problem ever since the end of November and as we're recording this it's the end of June um like my toenail just like stopped growing because of some trauma that that occurred at a wedding and turn up yeah and then some <laughs> um and I've just been sort of like dealing or like not even dealing with it it's just it's just there you know like initially it was really painful I sort of kind of assumed I would just like lose the toenail naturally and then life would go on it didn't happen it's continued to become a it's continued to just be this like thing that's like this toenail won't grow you know Uh um and like slight discoloration and so I finally bit the bullet and went to a podiatrist today because I was like I have some events coming up where I would like the option of like getting a pedicure and like going into the pool or whatever. And I want to know what's going on with this toe before I do that. And, um, I fully went into that appointment expecting to lose a toenail today. And I was like really nervous and panicky about it. I was like full on anxiety attack last night in preparation for this appointment. Like just thinking about what my life would be like for 18 months without a toenail, you know, like just like losing my mind about it. And so, and then I went to my appointment today and to add insult to like my own anxiety, um, there was a young boy man there. He was, I think he, I think he's 21, but like We're mentally. We're not that old, don't age us. Well, no, but, <laughs> but, but mentally he was probably more like, you know, like a teenager. Oh, I um, see. And he was like acting out and, and nothing negative. Like he was like happy and laughing and just loving life with his mom. But like, because my level of anxiety was already so heightened, like I just like wasn't having it, you know, like it was like, a, like irking me to no degree or to no end and um and so I finally get into my appointment I'm like and then and then I had to wait another like 30 minutes just like sitting in this chair staring at my nasty toenail you know like thinking about how it's gonna be gone soon and whatever and my doctor came in and was just like he 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 examined it you know he did a comparison to my other healthy toenail and all that stuff and 
I told him exactly what happened, what caused the trauma, when, and all that stuff. Um, the fact that it's not a chronic issue for me, all these things. And he basically was just like, didn't want to do unnecessary treatment. He's like, let it do its thing. If it's not hurting you, and if it's not red and swollen and gross and infected, it's just going to do its thing. And eventually it'll grow. Cause like, I've never heard of a toenail, not like just stop growing altogether. You know, uh-huh. it's probably just like slow. Cause it's been traumatized and it's hurting right now. And I was like, okay, phew. <laughs> so he wants to see me again in six months to make sure that like it's continually being healthy and stuff. But um, yeah, I, I I still have my toenail intact and I'm like very happy about it. Hurrah. <laughs> it, it was like a cause for celebration for sure. <laughs> Good news. Yeah. I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> you mean you mean you don't have a similar anecdote? No, I was well. That was what I was just going to say. Is except to turn it about me and tell you a story about me and my health issues. Yeah, no, please. But before, yeah, please. <laughs> you know what I mean. I this think. is let's not repeat last time's episode. Well, <laughs> the um, <laughs> isn't that all we're ever doing is just repeating last time or continuing last time's episode? Such is life. Um, so no, well, I'll say before I share, I'll say that I didn't want to share. And I don't know if it's the irony or the universe or what, like you starting with that, opening me up to sharing. So number Aww. one, as I was driving here, you know, sometimes I reflect on like, you know, uh, what are we going to talk about? Whatever, whatever. And it's like, I typically try to talk about the things, you know, it's just natural. It flows. So we don't plan it or anything. Right. Um, but I, like to t- share things that like have a charge, right? If something, there's an emotional thing behind it. If it's, if it's current and fresh and new, right? There's some life force in it. That's mm-hmm. the thing that you want to converse about. Cause that's what's interesting to me anyway. Um, right. Cause it's, it's relevant to my experience right now. And as I was coming in and then I'm like, you know, being trepidatious about, well, it's a vulnerable thing to share. And I don't want to talk about what, cause I was having some health stuff to come uh-huh. up. Right. And I was like, well, I don't want to share that and put that out into the world. And I was still undecided about whether or not I would, unless the conversation flowed there naturally, (laughs) which you set me up for. But before I say it is because we don't, or I didn't like to share and maybe people don't. It's a vulnerable thing to do for me anyway, Mm -hmm. to share a health concern. And I was like, well, what's at the root of that? Right. Oh, if something is quote unquote wrong with me, Mm -hmm. right. I am flawed. I am unlovable. I am unworthy. I am imperfect. Like all of these layered things. That's a lot, man. It is a lot. So, (laughs) and and the only reason I feel comfortable besides the fact that you just shared and did it so comfortably and didn't even care. And I'm like, what's wrong with me that I'm so uncomfortable, (laughs) like even sharing the slightest. And and I think it ties into what we talked about a couple episodes ago, like I would, or the two minute episode we did that Mm -hmm. I would never share anything that isn't positive or doesn't paint me in a good light and you know, all these things. So the kicker is the only reason I'm even sharing it now is because at the end of it, I realized sort of like you keeping your toe that I don't have anything wrong. And I'm like, well, I can share it now because I just thought there was something wrong. <laughs> but I've already told you most of the story and I'll just rehash it as briefly as I can. I, a series of events, mostly of which were two really intense exercise workouts that I did um, and some palate expander orthodontic equipment that I use. <laughs> Long story short, I was getting headaches, right? And um, I didn't know what the root of the headaches were. Like I used to get migraines in the past, but I've had figured out my triggers. I knew which foods it was. So like this was a different, like really bad headache. Mm-hmm. And of course, I think I told you that night I like, you know, WebMD'd, which is like you're yeah. dying no matter Don't what. Don't do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like you're having the worst headache of your life whatever stroke heart attack aneurysm what have you so i just thought okay something's wrong with my head 
I thought, you know, something I could have had something happen. Um, but I did ignore it that week. And like every time I would lay down, the headache would come back. Mm. Um, and you advised me, you know, a very good advice. And you just said, you know, see the doctor follow up, like, don't just ignore it. But one, it was sort of going away, you know, it, mm-hmm. like got less and less. I was like, all right, it's resolving. And two, getting a doctor's appointment in general is like an ordeal. Yeah. And then it, it was even longer with this whole thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I like got on the train of trying to make an appointment and didn't end up, what have you. So long story short, it was getting better until I did a workout again, like a week later. And then it sort of came back and it wasn't even like as bad, but that triggered my fear and anxiety. Yeah. So I said, okay, it's back. It happened from the workout. It must be because the blood pressure rose and you know, you read about, well, you can have a secondary, whatever Mm -hmm, follow up mm -hmm. event to the first event that you ignored. So like, it wasn't good enough that I didn't die. It was that like, (laughs) now I could still die because I ignored the fact that I didn't die and could have died the first time. So our minds are such a complex mess Uh, and it only recently resolved fully. So that night, like, you know, I was sort of ignoring back and forth, back and forth, but then my anxiety overtook and I, I, you know, I, I get anxiety, you know, it's sort of normal these days. I think we all kind of have them to some degree, but it was like next level because the fear of like, if I'm ignoring something that's really serious and I'm not going, right. how stupid of me. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I've been there so many times, like I can't even tell you. So I just told myself, you know, you're not gonna, um, this is, feel better the fear is not going to go away until you resolve that it's not something that's going to kill you right it's nothing i could do about it but it was at night it was the day when the curfews were happening and the phones Ugh, were blowing up yeah. so it was like it was just too much and you couldn't leave your house and all this but i said i gotta go i gotta go i gotta go get checked out otherwise i'm not going to calm down mm-hmm. um and so i went to the er got checked up ct scan all the things everything's fine right Mind you, the the week following, now you're thinking like, oh, well, what if they missed something? (laughs) 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 Right. I need a second opinion. Maybe my brain was just like fine that day. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I went sort of down. I did a follow up with my doctor and started going down the rabbit hole of like, well, like, how do I know? And like, I, I was sort of getting worse mentally as opposed to better yeah and you know the anxiety came back i think it was last night or the night before i think it's night before and i was just like i can't do this like this is too much it's the anxiety i need to calm down and so you know i, I popped a tylenol which is for me is like a very strong drug because i yes. literally take pills like <laughs> that's like anti-everything anti-anxiety anti-migraine um so uh, which is my other issue is like i resist taking anything for anything like i could be in dire pain and be like well i should find out the root cause and suffer through this <laughs> and figure out how to not get it to repeat again but long story short i had to stop myself from going down that world of like digging more and maybe i need more tests and all these things i was like Mm -hmm. well if you look hard enough for something you're gonna find yeah so i need to really just step back and not manifest something not manifest the very thing that i'm afraid that i have that i probably don't have exactly exactly long story short the headaches went away i popped the tunnel i'm better now um but all yeah. that to say is I didn't want to share any of that because I was like, well, people will know that I had like, I don't know. I view all of those things that are human events, quote unquote, as like negative because it's not me being perfect and better than everybody else. Right. But because- where did that feeling of needing to be perfect come from? Because I feel like that is something that needs to be unpacked in a, like, you know what I mean? So like, like you've 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 unpacked the part of it where you know now like why you don't want to share things like that but where does that feeling of like needing to be perfect come from yeah and that's one for therapy (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so, um, you know, I just to generalize it, though, I think a lot of people um, struggle with just self-worth and, yeah. you know, the people pleasing and perfectionistic tendencies come from like shame and childhood trauma and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a good yeah. question. Yeah. But um, but I mean, I feel like it's a good thing, though, that at, at the very least, like you've you've you're able to see your own pattern of wanting to pull back and like allowing yourself that vulnerability moment of like sharing things that like might have made you uncomfortable to share before you know what I mean because and it goes back to what we've already talked about on here like where it brings closeness it brings like um solidarity and like um what's the word I'm looking for yeah that (laughs) um human connection yeah like you know what I mean like like it's it all serves this greater purpose of like oneness with each other you know so now I have a whole whole host of things to say about that like one (laughs) it was you being vulnerable and not knowing you're even being vulnerable like for you maybe it wasn't a vulnerable thing to talk about your toe right it was trivial (laughs) right but it it was a vulnerable thing in my mind it's in any case it was you it's contagious like courage Mm. inspires more courage but i've read a lot by Brene brown and like one thing about vulnerability and just because i've read the things doesn't mean i practice the things or do them all right (laughs) Right, right, probably why i read the things because it's like oh i need to know but um, she talks a lot about how uh, vulnerability is, uh, I think dichotomous would be the right word, where we see a person being vulnerable as courageous and brave. But when we imagine ourselves being vulnerable, we think that's so embarrassing and shameful. I would never huh. do that because people will see me yeah, as weak, yeah. right? And sensitive and all these things that the uh, society may deem as negative that isn't right. necessarily negative. Which, not to cut you off that, that train of thought, but like totally goes back to that idea of like, nobody sees you the way you see you. You know what I mean? Like you are your own worst enemy and critic. Like nobody cares about you the way you care about yourself going through life day to day you know yeah i mean that statement is mind-blowing in and of itself because one you mean we can't control our narrative as (laughs) perceived by others well i don't mean that per se but i feel like the things that we hold ourselves back from doing and thinking and acting on Mm. it's because it's because like we're in our own heads about it whereas like the world is in their own, own heads about themselves like no one's looking at you the way that you think you're looking at yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember reading that in a, like an English one-on-one book in co- college once. I forgot the name of the book, but it was, and that blew my mind then. And it still blows yeah. my mind now. <laughs> where no one's worried about you because they're too busy worried about themselves. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> and we think, and that's another thing is like, we all, I shouldn't say we all, I used to think I was all so all important and that self-importance made me take myself way too seriously. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Right. And realize like, like, no, the world won't fall apart without you. <laughs> you're special, but you're really not like <laughs> you're, important but you're not all that important i would like to go on record and say that you are special to me oh, thank you. <laughs> so i should take myself seriously yeah. and be very careful about as do i <laughs> i take back everything i said about having anxiety and freaking out about an aneurysm because <laughs> then i won't be so special anymore <laughs> um so yeah it's vulnerability is an interesting one and um i don't know i think we are learning as a society that it is a brave thing to do. Like that is a courageous thing to do to be vulnerable and share parts of yourself that like, I don't know, you think people can judge or misperceive and, and, but we're all seeking that. And that's the weird part. We're all looking for it, but we're all unwilling to do it. (laughs) I mean, all is super. Right. 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 But I know what you mean. So, but I wonder if it's, I mean, why, like, 
again, generally speaking, on uh, with society at large, right? Like, why is that the case? Why are we so afraid of it? Is it because that is it because society in general has like has like beat that out of us? You know what I mean? Like, what? Where does that fear of vulnerability stem from, societally speaking? You right. know. So you ask these questions, and then I claim to have the answers. I just no, come up I know. As I I'm go. not, and I, mind you, I'm not. <laughs> no. I'm not looking to you for an answer. It's no, just I thought, know. You know, it's like I know. But when I hear thought. questions, I'm like, I got it. I got to figure this out. I got to say it. I know, <laughs> I know what it is. I've read some books, um, but so here's and you've my... read more than me, so feel free to share. <laughs> well, no, and it's not just the readings. It's just my thinking. Um, one. Someone mentioned once, biologically speaking, when we are, we need to be part of social circles, right? Or we need, used to need to be, and now for other reasons. Like if you were outcasted from your tribe, uh-huh. essentially, yeah. you, that equaled death, equated mm. to death. So back then, this was, again, I've heard this, I don't know if this is true, but it was about survival. I need to be seen as like important in the tribe and, and a part of it. And I can't like make a fool of myself or do something that would okay. get me ostracized because then I wouldn't be able to survive. Right. So I think there's some reptilian brain like stuff that happens there, there where you're like, you know, fear of public speaking is one example they bring up is like one of the top fears and why are we so scared of being embarrassed and like people, because if you get shunned by the people and you do something stupid, mm-hmm. whatever. Right. So I think that's one thing is like the biological. I think the other bit is, yes, we've been conditioned to see vulnerability as weakness. We've been conditioned to see sensitivity as weakness. And so toxic masculinity and patriarchy comes into play because what is strong and courageous and brave is like, kill people and murder mm-hmm. and do all of the Throw violent, your weight aggressive around. things, right? Which in all actuality are not that hard. <laughs> like yeah. anyone can bonk anyone over the head with a coconut. Right. Right. And of course there's ramifications and like, you might not sit with it, you well, but I think that's a part of it. And in the facing the internal emotional turmoil, that's where true courage lies. That's where bravery comes from. And I think that's why there's fears of like truly being yourself and being your authentic self because you know, that's when it hurts the most if someone criticizes. Yeah. Like if I'm holding back and I'm putting on this front and like you're judging the front, which you probably won't because I'm giving you what I think you want to get anyway. Right. Right. But even if you do, it's sort of my false self that I'm presenting and it doesn't hurt as much if you say something and get it because I'm like, well, I know that's not really (laughs) me. But if I put my heart out there, right, and then you step on it, it hurts a whole lot worse. Yeah. So even though all the evidence has always ever pointed to when you put your heart out there, like people respond positive, positively to that. You know yeah. what I mean? I like, mean, it, I don't know that it's always that way. Fair but enough. Most people, yes, most of the time, like hurt people, hurt people. People, people who love you anyway. You know what I mean? Right. Like, or people, don't have something in themselves that they're projecting onto you. So like, yeah, people take out their pain on you, especially when if they're uncomfortable being vulnerable you being vulnerable triggers their discomfort. Like, why is this person sure. so brave and courageous? Let me knock them down and teach them what I was taught, that you're sure. being weak. You're, yeah. man up, you know, buck up. Why are you crying <laughs> about pity party about, you know, your feelings and emotions? That's not a strength. Yeah. Ignore it and, and power through it and yada, yada. So, but it's interesting you mentioned about the people applauding you because 
I took a singing course. God, I've done a lot in my life. You took a singing I course? Took a singing class. Yeah, oh my God. A few years back. That's amazing. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, I may have, did I not mention? Anyway, long story short, it's not even a story. I, I'll tell you that story <laughs> later. But, but I took a singing course and the, you know, it's a vulnerable thing to do to sing in front of people. Absolutely. Right? And the professor, instructor, whoever, whatever he's called, talked about how, like, one, I don't know if it's before or after, but like after you do it, everyone applauds you, you know, no matter how bad you are, (laughs) karaoke, right? (laughs) Right. There's an alcohol factor there, but like people applaud you when you like take risks, no matter how bad you are or think you are. And so the professor, I think it was, must've been before, like when we're getting up and like we have shallow breath and we just like not really projecting because we're timid and, you know, afraid and embarrassed. And he asked everybody like you, you know, do you want him to succeed? Do you want him to fail? Do you want him? And like, everybody's response was what you said was like, no, we want this person who's standing in front of us. We want to applaud him. We want yeah. him to do good. And even if he doesn't do good, we're going to tell him how good he is to make him feel better. Yeah. Right. And so I think you're right. I think like there's so much evidence that maybe we censor in our minds. Like it <laughs> says when you are your authentic self, you shine like a beacon of light. Right. And people eat it up. <laughs> I, I mean, I've, th- I've sort of always, Again, I hate, you know, I don't like to speak in superlatives, but like that's something that like has resonated for me like as I go through my life, I think. Like I not to say that I'm not like sometimes like in my head and like thinking about myself more than other people think about me and all that stuff, you know, absolutely, definitely, you know, succumb to that. But I feel like anytime I've put myself out there and, and, and even if it is something as like quote unquote trivial as like singing in front of somebody or like laying my heart bare, you know, like it, 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 it has rarely been met with the kind of criticism of like, that was really stupid what you just did right now, you know, mm-hmm. or, or, or like, why did you share something so personal or why did you bear your soul? Like that's, that, that, that's really never been, it's at least maybe I blocked it out. I don't know. But like, I can't think of a time where I've done that. And the response has been like shaming me or making me feel worse, you know, for that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's also that kind of positive reinforcement that, that keeps me this way. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I can, I can see where this, the opposite is true for some people. And then that kind of negative reinforcement, like, like, um, makes them even more closed off, you know, and keeps them in that loop of like not wanting to share, not wanting to be vulnerable for the fear of criticism and just feeds itself, you know? Yeah. And it's a protection mechanism and it's like the broken child inside you doesn't want that negative reinforcement that it had had in the past. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want to feel that thing I felt when I did be myself and somebody, and I didn't want to go here, but I, I, again, I touched upon patriarchy and toxic masculinity and I think it's important to talk about, as men, and I think it was meme time. <laughs> it's not a light topic, but um, I reposted something, and I think it, it was said by Bell Hooks about the first act of violence that patriarchy does is actually not teaching men to be violent towards women. It's teaching men to be violent towards themselves. Mm. And so it was about how you need to kill the part of yourself that is deemed quote-unquote feminine right that is weak and emotional and sensitive and so two things when we talk about masculinity and femininity i'm not talking about gender um i'm just talking about the yin and yang that exists in everything in life right as far as balance right we have day we have night we have sun we have moon 
we have feeling, we have acting, we have surrendering, we have controlling. So every person innately has all of those things within them. Right. But in the patriarchy, we are taught, especially as men, that you are not allowed to honor the feminine side of yourself. Mm -hmm. And again, reiterating, femininity doesn't mean woman, right? It doesn't mean the woman side of yourself. It just means certain traits of human behavior men are asked to suppress you big boys don't cry or big kids don't cry but boys don't cry in general Mm -hmm. and so i think that's just important to bring up because that's an example of something that as a man i've experienced where if when i was deemed as doing things that were quote-unquote feminine Mm -hmm. or sensitive or weak or whatever Mm -hmm. you know i was negatively reinforced bullied Mm -hmm. what have you um or at the very least had people project their own insecurities back and and you learn oh it's not okay to be this part of myself this part of myself needs to be shut down and cut off and killed and destroyed Mm -hmm. it never dies it's there and and mind you needs to be lest ye be bullied and shamed again you know what i'm saying because no one is i think that like you know, it's at least for me, I'll speak for myself here and it might just be me because that's how my brain works. Like when I think about what you just described, like you were yourself in some way and you were bullied. Like I, I think like, Oh, that's, so that's a one-to-one correlation. Like, so you do something, this is the, this is the reaction. Don't do that thing again. But it's more than that. Right. It's, it's, it's like the feeling that you get when that happens to you that you don't ever want to feel again. Yeah. A hundred. And, and you apply, that to all the different aspects of that thing that you might do or not do or say or think that you don't want to ever have those feelings associated with again yeah a hundred and it's yeah. just our feelings teach us and they keep us in check right? right and what you just said i had an epiphany and a breath work and, and came up with the same thing about it's not the circumstance or situation that we're afraid of it's the feeling that the circumstance or situation will entice Right. And so that's exactly it. It's like you can face anything in life, right? Just about anything. You can do it. You've been through it. We've all done things. Yeah. That, like we've accomplished and we've overcome. But when you're projecting yourself into the future of like, if I do this thing, what will happen? Okay. Somebody will call me a name, right? It's not the name that bothers me. It's not the person that scares you. It's, oh, what feeling is going to boil up inside me right. when they say that? And so it's the unhealed parts of ourselves that's afraid of that feeling. And when we can start to heal those parts of ourselves, then we're not as afraid of the feeling, hence not And as we can let it in. Yes. And we can let that feeling in, let it uh, touch us and pass through us right. and not affect our lives in such a debilitating way and not be so afraid of someone saying something that that's going to trigger the feeling exactly because that feeling is is fine in that in the sense of like it'll come it'll pass it'll be fine and i know how to cope and i've dealt with it before but i think the next level is when you're really really healed is when they say that thing that used to trigger you it doesn't trigger you anymore right because if you know who you are and you know that those things you can skip that step of yeah you know you're perfectly whole and then when you understand other people better about who hurt you who hurt you enough to make you hate that part of yourself right that when i show that part of myself it mirrors that part of yourself that you hate inside of you that you're now taking out on me yeah. because you're so it's painful you're so scared of that part of you that like how dare somewhere someone not shove the part of them back at you but the part of you back at yourself, if I said right, that. Clearly. Right, right. You know yeah, I mean? no, no, you did. Like, it I'm makes not sense. shoving my minus in your face, my meanness. Like, I'm seemingly to you shoving your you-ness back at you in your face. Right. 
Right. So like, you know, as a sensitive man, if I'm being sensitive and there's a man who doesn't like his own sensitivities because patriarchy, right? Mm -hmm. When they see another sensitive man, they see it reminds them of the sensitive part of themselves that has been shut down. Also, that pain comes up, the fear of it, and then you, you know, hate and, then and you all lash that comes out. You lash yeah. out, and because because it hurts too much, so it's like get away from me. I can't handle it. Right. Um. So yeah. Deep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we always get to this point in our podcast where we've like where we've like said some real deep shit, and then it's like now what? <laughs> yeah. Just drop the mics. Okay, well, now it is like, what are the solutions, Ugh. right? Because we point out all of these things. I know, but oh. what are the solutions? I mean, that's the problem I, that I always have with this kind of stuff, with these types of thoughts and, like, thought experiments that we have together. Like, I never... I, I see it. I see the issue and I, and, and I know the cause of it and I, and I understand so clearly and so deeply um, why it's bad or whatever, you know? And then, and then I don't really see a way out of it. Like, I don't know how to change that. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't either. <laughs> but I, I'll say two things. One, awareness is key, right? So even conversations like this of bringing awareness to the fact that this... this um, this whatever this thing exists mm -hmm. and so now that we know the thing exists and maybe more people hear about it and realize oh yeah that 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 rings true to me right mm -hmm. and and so not to get off tangent on a tangent here but it, it, this is a truth right and what we're saying if it resonates with you isn't because we know something and we're, we're telling it to you it's because you probably know it on some level too yeah. and all we're doing is sharing what we know and feel which is similar to what probably all people know and feel on some level because we're humans and we're having a shared experience here and so i think awareness is key I don't know that even looking at it as a quote unquote problem to be solved right. might be not the right way to look at it. Fair enough. Right? Yeah. And so maybe it's just a part of evolution and raising consciousness and awareness and, you know, the next level of yeah. humanity. And it's a part of the process. Yeah. You know, without the quote unquote negative things that we're getting to see now and maybe move past and like, what would there be? Yeah. How do we know what to move towards? I think, I think that, I think you bring up a good point because like, so much of my own personal growth journey, you know, like cringy words, but like so much of what I attribute to learning about myself, learning about humanity, like critically thinking about these patterns of society and these infrastructural, you know, quote unquote problems, for lack of a better term for them, um, has been simply because I talk about them, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly like hashing them in my brain and like letting them roll over and thinking about from different angles and sides and relearning those same lessons and just creating those memories for myself of these things that, that I, that I learn, you know, right. and, um, and then, and then I think the next step of that is like, okay, so now, you know, you know it, now it's like at the application of it right so like like if you know that that's so like something is a trigger for you right like so then just avoid that thing so it doesn't trigger you or whatever you know like that's like a really stupid simple example but like the the application of the things that i learn and realize has always been like the hardest next step for me mm-hmm you know, like, and mind you, application just to my own life, like not even like to the world at large necessarily, you know, but just like for myself. Um, 
Yeah. I don't think that's just true for you. I think I think it's true for a lot of people, myself included. Is like it's really easy to talk about and read about, and you know, but but then to actually take the action step and do it, yeah, you know, is the next thing. Um, and you know, we don't always get there, or we get there when we get there. And I don't think there's like a pressure to get there in any hurried amount of time, where there's like a well, hopefully before you die, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I but, think but, that's the key. But growth is not like a; it doesn't end. So you're constantly growing and learning and relearning yeah. and moving on to the next level and the next phase. So like you're, you're never going to get there, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. So accepting that like, Oh, I've made, and then looking back and seeing how much progress you have made. Right. Cause we mm-hmm. lose sight as soon as we get to the next level, we forget <laughs> how far we've come. Yeah. Like, Oh, you know, there's the, so many things used to trigger me and I'm like so much calmer now and they don't, and I've healed so much more of myself and look how far I've come since I, you know, first started even being aware of these mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'd just be easy about it and give advice to myself that I can't follow. <laughs> <laughs> so much pressure to be perfect. Uh, uh, but, yeah. I feel like that's probably a good place for us to end it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same, same. All righty. Well, until next time. Yeah. See ya. Bye. Bye.